0: Welcome to the Work Utopia Podcast, the number one show on the internet for motivation, practical tools, and happiness strategies. It's real talk for professionals, managers, and employees who are tired of the status quo and in need of an outstanding career and life. Work on the inside, develop your very own work utopia, create a life full of virtue, purpose, and happiness. And now, the man dedicated to helping you attract your ultimate work, Alexander Lauren.
1: Hey! Welcome. Welcome to the Work Utopia Podcast. Alexander Lauren here. Good day to you, listener. Yesterday, the theme that seemed to hit me the most was about death and dying. I think it might've started when my friend Barb Phillips, she sent me an email about her upcoming hands-on workshop, do-it-yourself home funeral. I, I actually attended this site. I think it was two years ago I attended this and it was excellent, well worth the time investment. So if you, if any of that resonates with you, on Do-It-Yourself Home Funeral. You can find out more. You can go to barbphillips.ca or, you know what, just give her a call. 705-924-3763. Later in the afternoon, I, I did some writing. I'm writing my book and I was writing about my experiences and I just happened to just write about dying. And I think I did that for about an hour. Then late... In the afternoon, I was cooking supper, I was listening to a podcast and it featured Osel Hita. He's a he's a Buddhist teacher and he started talking about death and I didn't know he was going in that direction, but really I should know I should have known because the Buddhists are always going toward death and dying. When I was going through a spiritual exploration stage, I, I was checking out many spiritual traditions and opening myself up to, to what was out there. What could I learn that I could use that, that would be useful? So I read up on some yoga, some Christianity, other lineages of Buddhism, some ancient Indian stuff. And you know what? I even read up a little bit on Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, I found very interesting. Because you know, I only actually had one image or thought of them in the past. You know, you remember this old comedy movie called Airplane? It's with the late, uh, the late and hilarious Leslie Leslie Nielsen. I seem to have the thought of like Harry Krishnas hang out at airports. They wear togas and they really and <laughs> they really annoy people greatly. That was in my head of what Harry Krishna was. It's actually a very interesting tradition, and it seemed to be focused mostly on developing love. So, I mean, that's a, it's different, you know, but I mean, when your core message is love, h- h- I don't know, how do you go wrong with that? I, I do recall, however, I-, I did hear one Hare Krishna teaching that was, it was interesting, but Buddhism came up, And then I recall the teacher was slagging the Buddhist and the tradition. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not, I can't listen anymore. No tradition should slag any other tradition. Not a good idea. Okay, so I'll give you a little brief rundown. I took a sabbatical from business life a while back. Things had changed in my home. The opportunity was there for me to take a break. Just take a break From what I had been doing for so long. Now, like I mentioned earlier, the Buddhists are always taught, they're always talking about death. So I became really interested in this subject. So I decided that I would do some work with the dying. I, I knew that I didn't have a lot of time. So what I did is I fast tracked myself and I took this tuition free personal support worker course that was offered by the local school board. Now, with this, I knew that I could get work in a palliative field. I knew I could get in there. So while I did this, I ended up taking a program in Toronto from the Institute of Traditional Medicine, and the course was called uh, Contemplative End of Life Care, Contemplative End of Life Care course. So within a short amount of time, I learned all about the physical and mental part of dying the contemplative end of life course in particular was it was especially powerful i learned so many things and i really did end up becoming more in touch with the land the land around me that supports my life so i picked up a part-time job at a local healthcare agency where i worked with their palliative clients clients <laughs> healthcare calls dying people their clients so the the physical part of the job you know that stuff never ever bothered me and i think that perhaps because i i have a special needs son i've dealt with so many messes in the past it really i didn't think it would bo- it would bother me and i i thought if i powered my motivations and intentions properly then all would be fine it was it was just really amazing how I could just take this idea and just make it materialize so quickly. I mean, everything happens so fast. You know, I was in people's homes. I was helping families and I was working with dying people. I went into all of these situations ready to talk about death, talk about the spiritual aspects of death, but nobody wanted to talk meaningfully about their death. I'm telling you, nobody. What I discovered through my interactions with dying people is that no one was prepared for the situation that they were in. The dying often did not want to talk about it. They There was a lot of complaining. A lot of them watched a lot of TV. And, you know, a lot of people also, they were just, just fed up. Just in this state of being fed up. I think in total, I dealt with maybe between 15 and 20 people who were dying. And only one person. Only one person had any kind of strong faith. And and this was a Christian man. And you know what? He wasn't even close to dying. He wasn't close to dying at all. I don't even know why I was there. Healthcare had labeled him a palliative client memory serves me correctly, I think healthcare considers palliative, you know, death within like two years, something like that. All in all, I found it really sad that no one that I had interacted with had taken advantage of a spiritual life to help them deal with this process. But let me tell you, the thing that impressed me the most were the caregivers. These people were amazing. Their lives totally flipped upside down. They stop, have to stop working. They have to become nurses, support workers. They had to transform their living room into a hospital room. They're constantly on call. I never realized that people could be so strong and resilient. They had all of that stuff. And they also had all of the emotional stuff, you know. They were losing someone that they loved right in front of their eyes. And, you know, they're losing someone and they're also sleep deprived. I found that the most satisfying part of my work was giving caregivers and family members a much needed break. I loved walking into that situation just to give them a break. So the peak of my work was when I I did an overnight shift with a dying man. He was sedated on on that night. He was sedated and he was he, he seemed to be very close to death. I actually I was really fortunate. I got to know him a little bit a few days, a few of his conscious days. I got to know him and he was he was dying at his granddaughter's house and at the time, she was sleeping and she gave me she gave me permission to give him Reiki, which I was so happy about. You know, I gave him Reiki in my mind. I'm thinking, OK, this is going to relax, relax, relax his mind a little bit. She instructed me to wake her if I felt that he was close to dying. So during the early morning hours, she comes into the room and she tells me that she heard her grandfather calling out to her. Physically, He obviously was not calling out to anyone. So she sat by his side and then shortly after he died. It was really amazing. Something telepathic was going on and he called out to her and she was able to be by his bedside for his last breath. It was it was really it was really amazing. Shortly after that, I I quit. I quit my part time job. That my time had come to an end. You know, and and I really honestly, I wasn't a really big fan of the attitudes of healthcare when it when it came to dying people, dying people and their families. You know, I, healthcare it just seemed to want to control everything. You know, and at times I found that some people were kind of insensitive. You know, there was a few outliers out there. There was like really some outstanding people that. You know, we're trying to change the system. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this was not my fight. It wasn't my fight. It's their fight. You know, it was was really a spiritual journey that I was on. When I went back to work, it was like (laughs) one day I was sitting at the bedside of someone dying. And then the next day, I was cold calling enterprise software companies soliciting executive recruiting services. What a strange day that was, let me tell you. A very strange day. There was a shift, though. At times in the past, some executives, they, they really did intimidate me. They intimidated me with their, with their attitudes and their aura, I guess. Now, I'm not saying that these people were bad. Maybe I would just call them focused. A little too focused, perhaps. Powerful, powerful. They had power at work and they were using it while they were working. Now, in the past, if someone approached me with, with this kind of feel and aura and power, you know, they'd have the, like this verbal upper hand on me or something, you know, I would just give in. I would back in, back away. I don't care. You know, as long as if they make any demands of me, as long as it didn't conflict with my business service or conflict with my values, whatever. But now I found that I was approaching these personalities much differently. I mean, they could act intimidating or powerful, but it had no effect on me. I found it all completely meaningless. It just didn't matter who they thought they were. Because at the end of the day, in every moment, we are all the same. I worked with people who were dying that were very well off materialistically. And many had some phenomenal accomplishments with their career. But as sharp as this is going to sound right now, if a CEO and a janitor, if they both get terminal cancer, they're both going down and their accomplishments with their careers and their furnishings mean absolutely nothing. Actually, you know, I would say, if the, janitor, if the janitor has a spiritual life and tries to help other people while the CEO is focused on money and self-interest, who do you think is going to leave this world with a greater sense of peace? We are all the same. From, from that point onwards, I kept it within my being that I am equal to all. Some people have more wealth and talent, of course, yes, of course, but so what? So today, listener, keep your ego in check. You are important, yes, yes, yes. You're trying to make a positive world, positive change in the world, right? But you are no better than the secretary who screens your phone call. You're no better than the barista serving you your cafe latte. And you are no better than that panhandler on the street that you're desperately trying to ignore. We are all on the same boat. We're all on the same boat. (laughs) Lama Marut calls it the Titanic. And that makes me laugh when I think about it. It's good to laugh. So enjoy. Enjoy. Work on your inner life. Get on that spiritual practice. You will find it incredibly useful at the end. Okay. Thank you for tuning into the show today. I hope you have a wonderful day. The sun is shining over here. I hope it's shining over there. All the best. Goodbye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Work Utopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. And check out the Work Utopia YouTube channel for post-podcast video content. Are you in need of career or life coaching? Contact Alexander via email at workutopia.com. Till next time.